Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Amanda here, host of Xylem's Solving Water podcast, and I wanted to highlight that this week's episode offers an inside look at the type of info you'll get from the 2020 Xylem Reach Conference, a completely free all-digital experience this year with both on-demand and live streaming sessions taking place October 13th and 14th. REACH brings together utility professionals, industry analysts, and consultants in an interactive online forum to share best practices and their vision for the utilities of the future. Sessions explore the impact of and opportunities presented by the shift towards system integration and interconnection and smart infrastructure. To register for Xylem's free REACH Conference 2020, get access to on-demand and live content including training sessions, roadmaps and demos, and receive a conference packet with additional info about advanced technologies for water system management, visit xylemreach20.com. It's free. Now, here's the show. Today, we live in a reactive society. Our world comprises constant updates, headlines, snapshots, scrolling, and news feeds that we often use as the basis for our next action. This take-it-as-it-comes mentality can be good in some cases, but for water utilities, addressing problems as they arise is not only becoming an antiquated approach to operations, it's becoming more costly and with consequences well beyond the immediate repair. Xylem is helping water utilities overcome this vicious and expensive cycle of reacting by ushering in the water utility of the future through integration, data collection, monitoring, analytics, and controls. Travis Smith, Senior Director, Product Marketing for Census in North America with Xylem, joins us on this episode of Solving Water, a Xylem podcast, to outline the social and economic drivers impacting today's water utilities and how COVID-19 not only further complicates the industry, but also shines a light on opportunities to build resilience and better emergency management. Here's the discussion. Good afternoon. I'm your host, Amanda Holloway, and thanks for joining me on this episode of Solving Water, a Xylem podcast. I'm here with Travis Smith, an expert with Xylem's census business, who's going to talk to us about the intelligent utility and creating the water utility of the future. And Travis, this kind of sounds a little sci-fi-esque, right, with the whole water utility of the future, but it's actually um, one of the most important ways Xylem's helping utilities right now, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You know, and if you think about our friendly local water utility as, as the protagonist and kind of a, an aura of, of oppressive budgets and constraints of funding, fighting maybe some, some overuse and neglect uh, from policies, boy, he's facing the challenges and, and some of the technologies that Xylem can provide is one of the things that, that we can hope to turn that into hope of the future and, and growing and prosperity and sustainability going forward. Absolutely, and I just want to welcome you back to the show. I think the last time we spoke um, was about the Xylem Assist program, which you were part of the design team for. So I uh, just wonder if you can remind our listeners of what your role is at Xylem. Sure, so I work in the census business unit where we look after measuring and monitoring and trending and some analytics of all the water utility functions. I. My title is the Senior Director of Product Marketing there at Census. Sounds great. And so this is, you know, this topic is near and dear to your heart. You just mentioned before we hit record that you've been presenting this information um, a lot lately. And 
I actually read the the deck that you sent me on this topic, and I just I really love the way you open it with a quote from JFK on crisis, and I think it's just super insightful, but also extremely apropos uh, for this time. So I just was, you know, for the folks that haven't uh, seen that yet, I'd just love to uh, for you to share the quote with our listeners and tell us why it's so fitting right now. Sure. Well, I'm not the orator that, that John Kennedy was, so I borrowed some of his words to, to land in the situation of the day. You know, what John Kennedy said was the Chinese use two brushstrokes to write the word crisis. One stroke stands for danger, the other for opportunity. And his note was, in a crisis, be aware of the danger, but also recognize the opportunity. And as we look today, kind of facing this health pandemic, I think it has given us new insights into the water utility and, and what we can see from the past has been times of great crisis or stress to the water utility has often moved forward the agenda, either politically or things that we would potentially defer or ignore or pass on, now become a focal point and begin to get traction. And there's certainly a lot of great examples of that over the histories through the water utilities, the cholera outbreak in, in New York in the early 1800s really changed the way that water was supplied and it built the largest infrastructure project in America at the time. The fire in Chicago in the late 1800s changed the whole design of the distribution systems of velocity and hydrants and changed some of the purpose beyond just clean drinking water, but also public safety. I don't know that COVID-19 will have those kind of rippling impacts, but I think and we've already started to see impacts and changes of emergency management and resiliency in the water utilities with the way they're approaching the problems in their operations today. And I think we're going to see budget changes and funding and focus on those areas in the future coming years. So it's exciting to see that we're taking some what is a stress point and looking to improve our future and make it more resilient against those types of challenges so that we, we're better outfitted to handle them in the future. Sure. And in simple terms, how would you characterize the water utility of the future or the water utility post COVID-19? Well, I think the water utilities are going to be faced with a number of challenges, which they cannot control the social, economic, and, and political challenges that they have to embrace. The good news is there's a lot of technology out there and, and necessity is the mother invention. So we have some great tools to kind of change that course. But the utilities really need a solid foundation to support all that structure. And, and that's part of the activities. And it gives them the ability to be resilient, sustainable, efficient, and transparent. They have to do those things in order to succeed and, and be prosperous going forward and to keep that sustainability for all the citizens and all the great work that the water utility folks do. You talked about social and economic factors uh, really being sort of the drivers of the utilities having to build this resilience and better being better prepared for these emergencies. What are some of the top social and economic factors? Sure. Well, there's a lot of challenges the water utilities face that are beyond their control, but force them to look at their long-term planning and their daily operations. 
uh, things such as just population growth. There's always more people. There's not any more water. So we have to be better in how we manage it. Not to get into the politics, but I think there's certainly evidence of climate change that stresses the water cycle. So it's moving water from where it used to be to new locations. We have to have more food. So that provides more stress for agriculture. Things such as the health pandemic and the rising use of pharmaceuticals stress the water cycle as those things enter into our wastewater and get recycled into our drinking water. They can cause human health issues and changes in technology. We're growing in industrialization, uh, which provides new techniques, whether that is things such as PFAS that come out of those processes that challenge the water utility to change their operations, their technologies, and force other management practices. Energy costs are going up. Infrastructure is, is older. Um, we have some things that we've put in in the past, maybe lead and copper that need to come out. Um, and we have funding constraints. There's security constraints around the infrastructure, both the water system as well as the physical assets that are rising challenges. And the social and political appetite is for the citizens to have more access, be more transparent. They want more data. They want smarter cities. Um, some utilities are also facing privatization, which has good pros and cons. All of those things as you sit as the water utility director are very challenging problems as you can't really control them. You must react and be resilient against them. And really only things you can manage is your water quality and how you control it within your utility. Um, so they provide some difficult stresses for all the water utilities. Would you say that there's a one or two trends or these financial pressures you mentioned that are really surfacing to the top in, in terms of this pandemic? Well, not necessarily. The pandemic has probably exacerbated some of them. The, the trends have been underlying for a while, but the, co the cost of potable water production per account is definitely rising and constraints such as the pandemic have only stressed that. Um, customer service costs per account are rising, and the number of complaints from citizens are rising. So that's a tough downward spiral of cost and satisfaction to the users of the water community. And you reference in your presentation that, you know, that there's quite a bit of data out there for water utilities and, you know, the old saying, knowledge is power and all that good stuff, but it's a little bit garbage in, garbage out, right? So can you elaborate on there being almost too much data? Yeah, I think that what, what is really challenging the water utilities is there's a lot of data silos and isolated systems. Um, and we, we see disparate systems, things like GIS, CIS, meter data management, SCADA, hydraulic models, um, the asset management systems, and then even their own internal networks and ERP systems. And all those things create a, a labyrinth uh, of firewalls and cloud-based access versus on-premise access and data records. What is the, the accurate data? And, and now how do I marry this piece of information with that to make it actionable? And so often there's questions on the accuracy, the, the, the volume of data sometimes is too great versus too little. 
um, and then how do you connect it to make it actionable to create real change? Those have been some of the, the real paralysis challenges with grabbing more data to actually turn them into investments to help the utilities climb out of those financial pressures. Sure. So how is Xylem helping make sense of all this data? Well, we're working to integrate those things together and break down those, those data silos and provide, you know, lesser number of platforms so the data is uniformly. And we really have a composite solution all the way from assets to measurement devices to communications and monitoring to trending to analytical models to control solutions. And we can use the same data throughout those those. Um, operations and data silos, bring that in there, and we're partnering with bigger companies such as Esri to get the mapping so that we're consistent and that integration is seamless and efficient and easy to install and maintain for those utilities going forward. Hi, Solving Water listeners. Xylem's REACH Conference 2020 is all virtual this year and scheduled for October 13th and 14th. Visit xylemreach20.com to register for free, on-demand, and live digital sessions that explore opportunities created by smart infrastructure for water, gas, and electric utilities. So we talked about... um, social and economic factors impacting the industry so far, but there's also the technology side of things coming in. So you're talking about integrating all these platforms and systems, but what are some of the drivers advancing, advancing these, these things these days and how should utilities respond while also managing risk and maximizing safety? Sure. So, you know, one of the great things of the water utilities get the benefit is from all of the electronics development and and other uh, research and development within other industries, can we bring that and apply it into the water space? And so there's huge booms in electronics, reductions in costs, uh, edge processing, artificial intelligence and machine learning are now becoming more commonplace and we can take that technology and apply it to the, the challenges in a water utility. Batteries are lasting longer. There are more technologies to make those batteries last longer because often the places that they want to measure information don't have power. So the utilization of batteries really becomes critical when you're looking at trying to monitor something that's underground through miles and square miles of of geographic area, um, utilizing those things. And along with that is the strength and, and abilities of communication systems, whether that's cellular Wi-Fi, radio frequency, and and all the different architectures within those communications, two-way communications to make that stronger, not only to receive data, but send data back out and ask questions from that to get what you need when you need it and update it. Data storage is more uh, affordable. Amazon and Google and Facebook have, have made that very affordable, and the water utilities get the benefit from that. And there's certainly a burgeoning uh, ability of analytics and components to mash that data together. There's more informed engineers, scientists, data scientists with that skill sets that can be applied. All those things create new paradigms, new relationships, and new opportunities 
uh, more affordability that really open up some opportunities that hadn't been there before because it's new information for the water utilities. And that's what gives them that the ability to become resilient, sustainable, efficient, and transparent to all those users. Right. There are definitely opportunities, but like you said earlier, um, it's like so much to take in and to like, how do you decide? I mean, do you go in and sit down with these utilities and talk to them about what their goals are and how they can achieve them or what's your process there? Sure. Well, no two utilities are the same. Um, each one is at a different point in their own journey. Each one may have different challenges and they may have a different install base of, of either materials or design factors that challenge them. We try to look at it in five basic buckets of functionality, usage, hydraulics, quality, sustainability slash efficiency, and asset management, and then look at their opportunities for whether, do they just need to measure more information because they're lacking the data? Do they need a monitoring thing from an operation standpoint with trending, or do they need analytics for long-term engineering and sustainability planning, or do they need controls to automate it, or maybe services to bring that in there? And so what we want to do is give them the next best low-hanging fruit to get some return on investment so they can reinvest those, the, the gains and keep coming to an upward spiral of financial sustainability and growth um, versus a downward spiral of of kind of paralysis and and challenges within the relationship between the citizens and the water utilities. Sure. So you use the term ut- uh, intelligent utility and what makes this term, what makes this different? So we talk about, you know, it's kind of like sustainability. The word is just, there's a lot. Everybody says sustainability nowadays. Green was sort of overused for a long time. Now we're into the intelligent utilities. So what do you mean by that? Sure. Great question. Well, I look at it firstly, as you have to be holistic, you have to look at the entire water, excuse me, water cycle, all the parameters. It's all the same water. We're just pushing it around. We're taking it from the source, treating it, using it, collecting it, treating it again, potentially reusing it and then discharging it. So, we have to consider all of those factors uh, throughout the cycle because it's the same water. Um, It's a combination there of applying the data and having flexible models, not rigid models, but flexible models to get the data you need when you need it, whether that's volume, variety, veracity, and velocity. So all of those things can play a huge part in either being successful or paralysis to moving forward. If you don't have enough data, Well, you can't make an intelligent decision. If you have too much, it becomes hard to weed through. If you can't get it fast enough, you can't react fast enough and you can cause other problems. Integration is a key, as we talked about there, across all those data silos so you can begin to connect those things and make them actionable. You know, the GIS system is often the the so-called Bible of where things are and the enterprise asset management is what they are and who's working on them is the work order system. So if you're not tied into those things, the the data doesn't always become actionable to correct the problems to get that return. But it goes beyond that. It's not just data measurement analytics. You have to look at 
policies and business practices. You have to adapt those types of things to embrace the technologies and change some of the old ways, whether that's procurement, whether that's management, whether that's uh, who you hire. You know, as you get more analytics and intelligence and, and data scientists, your staff needs to be able to handle that to be successful as well. So whether it's new people or training, you have to change those business practices and policies and take something just, for example, of remote shutoff, which didn't exist before. That's creating a whole new opportunity of policy changes for the, to benefit the utility. But if you don't get the, the policy changes, you don't get the benefit. And then lastly, it's to incorporate services. The workload on the utilities is very, very lumpy. Year over year, they've got design changes, planned capital expenditures, improvements, additions, but there, there be often periods of lulls, and it becomes very hard to staff for all of that volatility within their workload. So can they look to fill in with services? And the nature of services isn't just consulting and, and brain power now, it's becoming, you can use assets as a service, data as a service, communications as a service. Use those things to fill in gaps and, and timing problems so that you can move faster and more efficiently. And when you get them under control, you can either bring those operations back into your own utility workforce or change the nature of those, those types of services as needed. So it's a complete model of, of approach as well as information and integration to help that utility go forward. Okay. And so Xylem really helps water utilities progress to be smarter and more resilient um, in those ways. Are there any specifics you can, you can touch on there? Well, I think that the key here is, is we're always trying to deliver six basic value propositions. And that's quite simply some, some simple things like revenue capture. We produced X millions of gallons of water this day. How much did we get paid for? Um, so that's a little bit of efficiency, but it's such a financial driver and often a great low hanging fruit for utilities. The second is the, the reverse of that coin of the revenue side is the cost. Can you be more efficient? Can you be more effective in, in all the costs, whether that's labor, uh, consumables, energy, or efficiency, or time, can we be more effective in helping the utilities save those costs? Um, but a huge part of a utilities business is mitigating risks. So there's a certain amount of things that you can't always control. Um, you know, you can minimize the number of pipe bursts and, and leaks, but those things are always probably going to have some occurrence but can you be smarter to minimize them? Can you be smarter to minimize the opportunity of boil water notices, contain them faster, isolate them quicker, um, and, and deliver? When you minimize those risks, you really save a lot of the consequential damages and the unplanned budget problems that can really be reused then for investment to make improvements and changes within the utility. We obviously want to ensure sustainability through that water cycle. Well, you know, all of us as citizens of the earth need that resource and the ability to be sustainable. So we want to look at, at things like groundwater recharge, source water cleanliness, well recharge, um, even to the efficiency of, of, again, the production real losses versus production. And then lastly, 
uh, our, our next to last, excuse me, is enhanced customer service. So we talked about the citizens wanting more access, more data, improvement of the quality of service, whether the water pressure or the flow rate availability or just the reliability of the service, which is often a big problem outside of the United States, could be improved. We want to bring those solutions to them. We see a lot of activity, particularly post-COVID-19 uh, pandemic, around customer portals and access to the information. And then the last, the sixth pillar is optimizing the assets. So utilities have millions, some of them billions of dollars worth of infrastructure out there to maintain, procure, replace, add on to. So if we can optimize that utilization of that, just get more life out of it or get the right efficiency out of those things, well, that's a huge benefit to the utility. So those are the six value propositions that we're always trying to bring with the solutions across Xylem and to the water utility, whether it's in wastewater, stormwater, drinking water, reuse water across that whole cycle. In your presentation, you have a slide that talks about the vicious cycle that utilities kind of get trapped in when they're just being real reactive to challenges and some of these economic factors. Um, but you actually have some ideas on how to turn the vicious cycle into a virtuous cycle. And wondering if you could share a little bit about that. Sure. So often today, you know, water utility budget gets cut and, and maybe they ignore a maintenance problem or they defer that. Well, that causes a new water main burst or some other problem with consequential damages. And they keep down this downward spiral of, of constraints and budgets and labor and manpower and public perception, which when they, the only way to get out of it is, is possibly to raise rates. Well, when, if you're not or perceived of not managing what you have well, it's often hard to get more money for, for rates. But there's some great opportunities, you know. If we can get a little bit of, of revenue increase to reinvest, and maybe those come from some simple things like non-revenue water, the often the easiest one is the apparent losses in the commercial industrial meters, and bring that in there. You get a little improvement in your cost efficiency, now you can afford a little more maintenance. A little more maintenance gets the, 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 the chronic consequential problems to go down. The citizens are feeling better because you're giving them better quality of service, more information. And then when you go, well, we've made all these improvements, it's worth a little bit more to you. You can possibly get a little bit of rate improvement or relief in there and keep that cycle going so that it's sustainable, not only from an operations engineering, but financial um, uh, ability as well. And that, that allows us to handle some of those social and economic pressures that come to, to the world that you can't control because you can afford to handle them. Sure. Yeah. And um, speaking of stuff you can't control, just to sort of bring this full circle, you know, back to COVID-19. So this virtuous cycle, is that what you see as like being some potential long-term changes that you'd like to see come out of this, like the silver lining as it were? Absolutely. You know, I, I think that we've seen from many water utilities is now they recognize the ability or the need to monitor their water utility systems remotely where they couldn't get some of their manpower out in the field. Um, and so having that data to look at it and their work, their own workforce not being centralized to have cloud-based access to data, 
those people that were a little further along that journey than others were a little more resilient uh, in the operations. And I think it's put the focus back on, hey, this is something we really need to, to look at because this probably is not going to be the last type of stress of this nature uh, that a water utility would face. And, and back to our original conversation of, of sometimes stresses cause force changes in management and policy. Well, I think we're beginning to see that uh, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. For sure. Yeah, I just was on a previous podcast uh, recording with some uh, folks from our Xylem Rental Solutions business. And um, we were talking about just sort of the interesting aspects of COVID on water utilities. So they were talking about hurricane preparedness and how it's just that what they see coming out of COVID is just that it's you know, the capital isn't there to invest in these solutions and the maintenance to keep their operations going. So there's going to be this sort of lull where they're band-aiding a lot of stuff, and then that's going to explode in the future. And then we've talked about, you know, with Xylem Assist and some of these earlier podcasts um, in the pandemic where, like you mentioned, there's just reduced staff and people have to work from home, whether that's directly impacted from the pandemic itself or safer at home issues, that kind of thing. And just really so many just interesting things that utilities and and municipalities are having to deal with. Yeah. I think one of the unique challenges with the COVID-19 was it's, it's not a weather related thing that's localized in the past. um, Utilities are very responsive and helpful to each other. And if one was in a stress, the, the neighboring one could often lend a hand. But now all of a sudden you put everybody under stress. And so it forces you to look to other ways to be resilient, uh, to combat those kinds of stresses. And certainly the ability for measuring and monitoring that operation systems to make sure it's safe and effective and, and protecting the citizens becomes at a premium and at a value that, that I think going forward, we'll see more focus on those opportunities uh, for utilities to invest. And it has some great uh, benefits that they can use beyond just the pandemic stress, but really to come out and get the back to those six value propositions that we talked about before. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add to the discussion about the intelligent utility? Well, I always like people to, to take away with some action items. Uh, you know, I, I, I challenge my children every day of what are you going to do to get better today? And the most important part is the today part, because everyone can, can make a New Year's resolution and kick it down the road. But um, we, we want to come away with some items that, hey, this is something I, I could probably sink my teeth into and start down that journey, because the journey starts with the first steps. So, you know, I tell some folks, include in your strategic plan infrastructure and data and systems at scale. Don't, don't get silos. Look at things that, that give you flexibility, multiple comm solutions, two-way communications. Outline plans for consumption, hydraulics, water quality, and sustainability. Begin working on the policies and the HR practices to go with that. Specific focus areas, non-revenue water, meter accuracy, pressure monitoring. These are simple things that can provide great return to the utilities. Take some time and review your data integration and plans. 
look at your meter data management, your CIS, your enterprise layer, and your work order asset GIS integration. Make sure there's a plan to make that data actionable going forward. Um, calculate the return on investment of everything. If it doesn't have a high yield, move to the better priority. Get some solid return on investment allows you to fix more problems in your utility and climb into that virtuous circle. Review service models. Don't be con constrained to older practices of asset management. Look at flexible models. Look at ways to use, uh, you know, even water as a service, data as a service, communications fees. Um, all types of models are interesting. They may not be right for your utility. I'm just saying explore them because they might be, and they might be a great stopgap to get you over the hump uh, from a, a manpower constraint. And then lastly, and this is probably the most important, is get the right data at the right interval. You know, measuring water consumption down to the one minute is interesting but not useful because it doesn't change that fast. Make sure that you're using the right tool for the job. If, you, if you're going to cut a log with an ax, what's the point of measuring it with a micrometer? Make sure that your measurement fits the action in which you need to take, and that will simplify the data soup that we talked about earlier. Uh, so those are my to-do lists for the listeners to take away and, and take action. And all of those things start with just a pencil and paper of plans, right? Looking at, at the things, they're not investments, it starts with thinking through where you want to go and how to get there. And I would just add, you know, one thing to your list is they can always just give you a call and reach out to Asylum so that they get some help on where to start. Sure. I'd be happy to help every, anybody. <laughs> I don't know at all, but I probably know somebody who knows something about every bit of it. Well, thanks for uh, digging into this topic with me, Travis. Let's set up some time to revisit this and maybe the next six to nine months and see the progress some of our water utilities around the country are making in the, in the Department of you know, Water Utility of the Future. And thanks, everyone, for listening. To learn more about Xylem Census brand and how we're helping build the water utility of the future, click the link in the episode notes. Email me at amanda.holloway at xyleminc.com with feedback, show ideas, and if you want to be a guest. Thanks, Travis. Thanks for having me. The Solving Water Podcast is produced and distributed by Xylem, a global water technology company of more than 16,000 employees committed to solving critical water and infrastructure challenges worldwide. Stream, download, and subscribe 